I remember the first time that I heard about the night that the black ice in Indiana changed everything for her. The first time I met her was at a Christmas party. And when I met her, there was then, as there is now, a special light in her eyes. But it was also obvious to me that she had been through some suffering. As a part of a trauma tribe, and if you are part of that trauma tribe, you know, we know our people. Her story starts on a dark January night in 2001. That day was as you would expect it to be in the middle of the winter in Indiana, cold. And the Midwest native was in charge of three small children who sat in the backseat of her car. They were just running an errand and getting ready for something important the next day at church. But then her car hit a patch of black ice. It spun around 45 degrees, stopping only when a utility pole demonstrated the laws of physics. The driver's side hit first and her glasses were thrown into the snowbank, making her already blurry vision even more so. Life would remain, and probably still does remain, a version of blurry as such trauma leaves its marks. As you will hear her today tell her story, the body truly does keep the score. She describes her life to me as before and after that day, as a literal line drawn in the timeline of her life. Like most trauma survivors, she remembers some things. Here's some things that she told me that she remembers. I remember smelling fire. I remember screaming and yelling. I remember holding him in my arms. I remember my dad's voice. I remember the ambulance ride and calling Brian, my youth pastor, from the ambulance. I remember seeing my mom as I was wheeled into the hospital. I remember all the blood and could barely see without my glasses, but I did see the stitches in my face and I remembered them. No one even bothered to clean me up. No one washed my face. I remember feeling scared, alone, and helpless. I remember when Brian, my youth pastor at the time, told me that the little boy died. I remember how he and my parents and I think my brother all triangulated around me as if to catch me when I crumbled. I remember wearing the Columbia fleece I had on for the accident for two days after. I remember not being welcome to attend his funeral. I remember the sadness and the brokenness of that relationship. I remember being asked not to attend the only grief support group in the area because his parents and siblings also attended there. I remember feeling less important, like my pain didn't matter. I remember I visited his gravesite at least once a week. I, I remember court cases and chaos for three years after I moved to Florida, finally ending in 2007. I remember convincing people that I was moving to Florida to help my parents. This is the memory of our guest today, our trauma survivor. Hey guys, you are listening to the Wednesdays with Watson podcast. This is the place where we chronicle the crooked roads that highlight faith, love, hope, and all of its cousins. We have named this second season PTSD, Jesus, and You. We ask hard questions and sometimes come away with no earthly answers. Today's guest and story is likely to help one of you out there in podcast land because Wednesdays with Watson is the healing zone. And if you want to have a front row seat to healing stories, I do invite you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hang out here until the end of the episode because you never know what surprise may be waiting for you there. Now, as Paul Harvey said, for the rest of the story, my guest, Lindsay Tozer. Welcome to the show, Lindsay. It's so good to hey, have Amy. you. How are Thank you doing? You. 
I'm doing well. We're doing this on a Sunday when I know my football team, who is, you know, going for the number one pick in the draft, is playing. I don't know whether yours is going is playing right now or not. They're going to win the division. So kudos to you. We've had we've had this 12 year uh, back and forth on our favorite football teams, and so yeah, uh, so. So, so go Colts is all is yeah. all is all we'll say from there. So, th- <laughs> but thank you so much. Uh, but let's just jump right into this because um, we want to respect time and I want to respect your time and mine and the listeners. Um, and so, um, you just heard me um, read your story live, and I actually had uh, your face on this Zoom calls covered because I I couldn't even look at you. Um, so I know how hard how hard and fast your heart is racing because mine's doing the same thing and I'm fighting back tears. So truly, I want to thank you for doing this. Is there a part of the story that I left out that you feel important to the mission of this podcast? Um, or is there anything else that we can add um, to it from your perspective? Uh, absolutely. Um, my life as I knew it was completely appended uh, in a way that I was not ready for. Uh, no one is really and I spent seven years of my life in a present day, January 2001, fearful that I would forget something. Um, I have also spent over the last half of, half of my life trying to grieve, heal, uh, figuring out my life going forward, moving to a new state where hopefully no one would find out my story, forgiveness, what my life would look like, have looked like if the accident had never happened. I'm constantly asking, why did it happen? Why did I survive? What is my purpose? Uh, what would my life have looked like? Um, all dealing with time moving forward. Additional losses at various magnitudes over the years, big and small. And then trying to keep myself together through it. Even though I was and still am completely surrounded and cared for, uh, I still feel alone, scared, and completely helpless sometimes. Yeah, you know, and I, I so feel that in my heart that, you know, this is the second episode of season two. And for those who have not listened to the first episode, I am also a survivor of trauma. And so I feel right now in my heart what you're feeling. And uh, later we're going to bring, we're going to talk about your loved ones. But, but the person closest to you said something to me that I was already going to do, but said, please be careful with her story. And so I want to thank you. Um, for coming on, as I've already mentioned. But I want to say, too, that because I'm also a trauma survivor, I'm so sorry that, that you live with this film strip in your mind of that night. I'm sorry that you have a before and after line in your life. For me, that before line is seven years old. You were 19 or 20. I'm sorry that unless God decides to take it away from you, that this will be with you for the rest of your life. I'm sorry that in a couple of weeks, the anniversary of the day that that child died while in your care will no doubt be another sad and bleak day. But you mentioned to me that the timing of this podcast will help you this year as we are all moving towards healing. And healing is the mission because the Wednesdays with Watson podcast is the healing zone. So you were one of the first people that I thought of having on because I am so proud of your healing, Lindsay. I'm so proud of what I've watched over the years as being your friend. That after line in the sand, though, has also not been great for you, as you no. have experienced. <laughs> and I've watched it, and some of these things have also been in my life, too. But that after, after 
after you tried to convince people that you moved to Florida for your parents, you have, you have experienced losses to suicide. You have experienced losses to cancer. You're going to tell us in a few minutes about your own struggles with cancer. Yeah. Literal death of somebody who we all loved in our County, a public figure who is going to do amazing thing for us and Phil Royal shout out to the Phil Royal legacy. If you're listening, Google it. Um, But I want to talk about how PTSD and highlight how the body keeps the score because you're going to tell us some of those things. You have recently battled some health issues of your own. There's no convincing me that your body is making you pay for it. Everybody knows that the purpose of this podcast is in the title is PTSD. And this seems like a Captain Obvious question, but were you ever officially diagnosed with PTSD? And I'm going to follow that up with, do you believe it is related to your health issues now? right now that you're going through. And, and, and so I'm going to give you the mic for a few minutes and tell us, were you diagnosed with PTSD? And do you think that it has anything to do with what's going on with you now? Uh, most definitely, I do. Um, you know, if you, if you picture a snowball starting way up at the top of the mountain and uh, rolling down the slope, gaining speed and getting bigger and bigger, never losing any snow, never slowing down. It might plateau a little bit before it falls off the cliff again. Then that snowball gets bigger and faster and bigger and faster. And that's what the last year of my 20 years of my life has been. um, It feels like at least. And I'll tell you this, um, you know, the timing of your second season, like you mentioned, uh, will debut right at the 20 year anniversary of this day. And I fully believe that that's divine intervention. Uh, That's, that's what it is. I don't think God is not going to allow me to sit in my pain this year on the 20th anniversary and continue to consume myself with a bunch of negative self-talk that I constantly put myself through every year on this day and throughout the year too. It happens. I was diagnosed with PTSD within months after my accident. Uh, My mom, my dad, and my brother moved to Citrus County, Florida in 2002, and I ended up staying behind in Indiana. In early 2004, the counselor that I had been seeing ended up writing a letter to the apartment building complex so that I could break my lease without any penalty, citing that I was suffering from an extreme case of PTSD and other mental health issues, and that I needed to be moved closer to be with my family and then not be alone. I did not do well alone without my parents and brother, no matter how hard I tried to convince myself that I had it all together. I had several friends who I consider family uh, who have constantly remained by my side over the last 20 years. And and actually, my friend Susan, uh, who I met in college uh, at Ohio University, go Bobcats, uh, she lived in Cleveland and moved to Indianapolis within weeks. Um, I think actually before the end of the month of January, uh, just to be close to me. Uh, despite how many people were around me, though, uh, I, I still felt alone and scared. I did live in an apartment by myself. Um, I ate through my feelings and emotions, which left me gaining over 100 pounds in about a year and a half. Uh, I then took my PTSD diagnosis to my primary care doctor at the time, Uh, who prescribed me with an antidepressant and an anti-anxiety medication, uh, which today I could not tell you which ones they were. (laughs) Uh, But I I honestly don't remember um, 
what they were called, but when I moved to Florida, I do know that that prescription followed with me and I did remain on it until 2008. And normal everyday situations can be emotionally difficult for me uh, because my mind is rarely at ease um, and life can be very challenging too. Right. And you add in, you add in a pandemic and it, for those of us suffering these kinds of things, it, it just, it, it makes it more difficult by a factor of 10. Thank you. Yeah. So, so, so you have PTSD. Um, as you know, my mission here, obviously, um, or I would not be doing this is, is twofold is to help people with P suffering from PTSD and or survivors slash thrivers, you know, as well as I do, as well as anybody out there who with PTSD knows that that could be different on any day whether you're a, mm -hmm. a survivor or a thriver. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but your story is so sad. And I, and, and I remember the first time I heard it, I was just so sad. I hope that every day goes by that you keep fighting, that you keep remembering that you're worth fighting for. We talked about that on, on the season one and I will, we ended season one with one of my best friends in the world saying what she said to me in the psych ward, you're worth fighting for. But we talk about three C's on this podcast, church community counseling. And I want to give you the mic again for a few minutes. Have any of those been part of your journey? Uh, without a doubt. Um, I grew up in church and it was an integral part of my childhood and still is today, actually. Um, it just, it looks a little different. Um, church looks different for everybody these days, right. uh, you know, pandemic or not. Uh, I honestly can't remember a day in my life when I haven't been connected to a church in some way, shape, or form. When we moved from Chicago to Indianapolis my freshman year of high school, the first thing we did was get connected with the church, and that's when I met Brian Shivers at Second Presbyterian Church. Throughout my life, I've had the opportunity- Let's stop there just for a second. When sure, um, Brian, Brian, Brian Shivers is the youth pastor that I mentioned as I read yes. part of your story. Okay, that's important. Yes, 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 yes. He's a very, very integral part of, of my story. Um, and throughout my life, I've had the opportunity to meet many people who have helped mold me into the person I am today. And it all started after I met him uh, in my Niners confirmation class. He has been and still is to this day the most influential person in my life. And I am truly blessed beyond belief to have him as my religious mentor and friend. Uh, being confirmed was the most important decision that I have ever made in my life. It molded me into the person that I am today. And it's the reason why I choose to live my life the way that I do. This one decision has given me a reason to hold on in times of struggle and uh, in turmoil for sure. Uh, it's that it's always allowed me to have an unbelievable peace at times when peace can seem so utterly impossible. It provides a foundation uh, for everything. Um, community, community is, is big for me for a variety of reasons. One, I don't like to feel alone. And I'm doing quote, air quotation notes for feel alone, right. uh, which is different than being alone. Those are, those are two, two totally different things. Different things. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm the one who, who at the party or um, at, at any type of gathering, I'm usually in the corner by myself, but I'm, I'm there. I'm present. Um, we are not put on this earth to do life alone. Uh, we are inherently wired to do life with people. Uh, God made us that way. 
he didn't make us to be alone. Uh, he made us to be with community, in community, and surrounded by community. Um, sure, it looks, it looks different and feels different for everyone, uh, but we are not supposed to be alone or feel alone for that matter, which is the second reason why community is, is very important for me. And, and third, I can't do this by myself. Um, I can't work through my PTSD. I can't work through this trauma. I, I, I can't do it alone. I, believe me, I have tried. I have failed miserably at it. Um, counseling, the third C, I have been in some form of counseling for the last 20 years of my life. And I'm not afraid and I'm not ashamed to say it now. I was before because for some people, there's this crazy stigma about publicly admitting that you need help. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm not afraid to say it out loud anymore. I used to be, uh, but I'm not anymore. Most people would think that you would be insane if you were not in counseling. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that is the purpose of this podcast too, um, is to take the stigma away from medication, take the stigma away from PTSD, take the stigma away from all of it. I think it's important to note here um, that how you were able to touch on all threes and that it's a path to healing, even if that path is the rest of your life. One of the things that you mentioned to me, and, and, and this really caught my eye this morning as I was praying about this, is that you, you tend to take on the pain of other people. And oh, um, yeah. so in that community, I wonder, though, if that is common for those of us who have PTSD in community. So we have to be careful of that taking on the pain of other people, because like I, I take it on like it's my own. Mm-hmm. And in some ways it heals me like doing this podcast podcast is a huge serotonin dump for me because I get to help people. So tell yeah. me a little bit. Um, so we're recording this on December the, the 27th and I'm going to ask you a question right now. How are you doing today with that event in 2001 on January 3rd, 2021 marks the 20th anniversary. Go from there. Tell me, tell me from there how you're doing with that incident in January of 2001? So I, I constantly tr- struggle with all of the why me questions. Um, why him and not me? I, I still have pictures um, of, of my, my car from that day. Um, and looking back on them, both on paper and, and visually, because I'm a very visual person, uh, I, cannot, I still cannot wrap my head around why I survived and he didn't. Um, I, I remember Brian always saying, uh, you know, everything God does or doesn't do is for a reason. It's for a purpose. And you may never know why, uh, you just have to trust and believe that he is doing all things towards furthering his kingdom. Yeah. And, and, and just this morning, as a matter of fact, I heard a, my pastor preach the sermon on Genesis chapter 50. And, um, and, and of course, that's the story of Joseph, where you meant it for evil and God meant it for good. And of course, the age old question of where were you when this happened? And his sermon was really interesting, because had he not had Joseph not been in some of the places that he was in, then some of the things that needed to happen wouldn't have happened. And I'm not throwing that on you at your trauma. And I'm not throwing it at me at my trauma. But the reality is, if I had not been in my trauma, I wouldn't be sitting here doing a podcast today. You wouldn't be sitting right. here telling me the story. Talk to us yes. about um, how um, the, the, the trauma 
has affected you, some of the health things you've gone through, and even a few of the things like you told me, I still panic when I tell us some of those things and tell us what you've dealt with after that right. terrible day in 2001. Sure. So what I'm really good at is I will pile things on more and more and more so that I don't have to deal with what's immediately in front of me. Uh, I still panic. Um, 20 years later when I hear sirens and I see emergency lights. Um, I will freeze when I'm in a situation where I don't know what to do. And uh, so, so my health, let me talk about my health for a minute. Uh, when I moved down to Florida in 2004, I started to take note that I was, I was making some, some really serious unhealthy decisions, but I really didn't care because I was still in the middle of dealing with that seven year battle that we went through afterwards. Um, but a, a few years later, I got a personal trainer and I started a workout program in Zumba to get healthy. I joined Weight Watchers again for the umpteenth time in my life. And, and I made some progress with it. Um, in 2008, I met John and thought I really needed to keep going in this right direction with my health to get healthy, to stay healthy. Uh, I left part of that inc included leaving a 10 year career in child welfare. And I started working in local government and emergency management. And nine years later, I was smacked in the face with some life-altering news. Uh, I was absolutely not 5,000% um, not ready to deal with or accept the fact that I was diagnosed with kidney cancer. Uh, I was also going to be put into a medically induced menopause following my first surgery ever in my life at 39 years old. I would have four back-to-back -back surgeries over two years. And now I have to have another one in the upcoming year tumors. Uh, I have tumors throughout major parts of my body. Um, I've lost my kidney, my adrenal gland, um, all of my reproductive organs. Um, I'm about ready to lose half of my thyroid. And, and fortunately, with the exception of the kidney cancer, all of the tumors are, have been benign. Uh, I now have six remaining, three and three in both of my thyroid glands. And I have, and had I not lost, 100 plus pounds, my endocrine oncologist would never have, have felt them or found them. Wow. And you continue. You, you, you are to be yeah. absolutely, uh, I'd like, cheers, cheers, cheers for your, for your journey because <laughs> I, I have watched you. Um, and I appreciate, you know, your, your honesty on that because I do believe that the body keeps the score. And, yeah. um, and I know that because I was diagnosed with four autoimmune diseases when I got out of what I call survival mode. And, 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 and so once I got it, and I think that some of my trauma turned those things on, I had, mm -hmm. um, a breast cancer scare. And so our stories are so yeah. similar, um, and yeah. that, you know, the trauma for you in 2001 didn't stop and it didn't stop for me, you know, after I left yeah. my, my abusive ex-husband. Um, one of the other things that we talk about a lot on the podcast is um, forgiveness. And I want to hit on that for a little bit, just for a second, because we are running out of time. Sure. In my mentor work with my PTSD friends, forgiveness is always a central theme. And, mm -hmm. but in this case, there are some people you can forgive, but we're not going to talk about them. Have you forgiven yourself? Oh boy. Uh, the quick answer to that is yes. <laughs> Um, but it did not come quickly uh, for a variety of reasons that, that I'm not at liberty to discuss. Um, I actually did not forgive myself until about four years ago, um, which, which was a significant time afterwards, but it, that's how long it, it took. 
And it's, it's not forgiving what you can't forget is not easy at all. Um, but you have to discover how to move on and move forward and then make peace with painful memories. Forgiving yourself and forgiving other people are two different things. And most people listen to this podcast and need to forgive somebody else. But I, I wanted to ask you that question because I think that it's an important one. Um, yeah. When your struggles are at their worst, you told me about a verse in Isaiah 54. Mm -hmm. My question I framed to you that we don't have time to answer fully. I loved when you shared with me a verse that um, I believe Brian selected for you. Um, yes. Talk to me about yes. that verse and why it's special to you. Uh, so the verse 5410 uh, was my confirmation verse. And uh, Isaiah though the mountains, yes, Isaiah 5410, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion over you. Um, this verse has really remained my foundation throughout my life. And this year, uh, there was a song released by Tasha Layton called Into the Sea, It's Gonna Be Okay, based off of that scripture verse. And when it first came out, I before I did the research to see that, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like she wrote that song specifically for me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in the car, I'll turn up the volume and I'll sing that song and at the top of my lungs whenever it comes on. And then there are times also when I need to just pull over and cry my eyes out as it plays through the speakers, because that song really just invokes waves and waves and waves of emotion for me, not just because of my story, but because of, of all of the other trauma that I've experienced over the last 20 years, and then things that are happening today, right now. In right this now, yeah, in this world, yeah. You know, I wonder if um, that love for music, now, you, I wish you had some stuff public and, and maybe you can share them with me. We'll put them in the show notes, but, um, but you're an accomplished musician without a doubt. Um, and, and so, but, but I wonder if, if music is a common denominator, Lauren Daigle's rescue song, I feel like was written yes. for me. And so, yes, yes. Um, but, um, but, you know, as you know, and I continue to say, because I, you know, you never know when people are pausing and, you know, changing a little laundry and coming back. But the, 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 the podcast mission is really to provide hope with people with PTSD. And there's so much that yeah. people don't know. You sent me a list. I just want you to read that list really quickly. What do you wish sure. people knew about PTSD and about trauma? It's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Uh, you have to talk about it. You have to allow yourself time to grieve. You have to be honest, not only with yourself, but also with those around you communicate when you are not okay, which is huge. Yes. Uh, you cannot eat your way out of grief. That also includes whatever your vice is, drinking or, or whatever it is. You cannot do that to get out of it. Uh, no amount of retail therapy is going to make you feel better either. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you're going to be okay. And you still have to know that he is God you have to let Jesus carry you through it. Uh, you can't go over it, around it. You have to go through it. And it, it's also important to find your Jesus in blue jeans, people who are going to walk beside you. The people who will truly love you will never leave you. And there will always be people who will not be able to handle your worst moments. I've certainly found them over the last 20 years. And it's okay if and when they need to walk away and you need to let them go. Um, in the same vein, educating people, what do you wish the world knew about PTS? Or, like, what do, what do you wish the world knew about your story and about PTSD? Like, what are some things that people have said to you yeah. that maybe our listeners 
that are supporting those with PTSD? What are some things that yeah. they say are that you that you well-meaning people do? Yes, yes, we and we talk about this, and it's it's one of the steps in the grief recovery method too is is identifying some of those phrases. Uh, the the top five for me, if you will, is is I know how you feel, because I just want to say, do you? Right. Seriously, <laughs> um, do you? This, yeah. Uh, this too shall pass. Uh, he or she is in a better place. You poor thing. Uh, and the worst that I've, I've had to, to sit with is you have to get over it or you'll get over it, you know, something like that. Um, what I want people to know about me, some, some of my friends who I know are listening to this, um, who I've not been able to voice this to you, um, but I, I'm going to have days where I'm not going to be okay in any way, shape or form. There are going to be days where things I might say make may make absolutely no sense whatsoever. <laughs> um, there are going to be days when I will not want to talk to anyone, so please don't take offense to that. There are going to be days also when I'll need to be in constant contact with everyone. Uh, those us that's usually when I'm in my panic phase. Uh, there are days when I spiral. Uh, there are days when it will seem like the world is against everyone and nothing you can do um, will make it better please don't try to fix me. I am broken and I am hurting, but, and I might just need you to be silent and hold me. Let me cry. Let me scream and break things uh, or just let me sleep. But also know that I might just need a distraction. And, and there will also be days where I feel completely left out and it might not, it probably isn't intentional in anyone's part. It's just how I feel in that moment. And, and some of that comes with some old wounds from elementary school and junior high school being bullied. What you just said really could be the PTSD patient's manifesto. Uh, this yeah. is, what, this is yeah. what we want to say to you. And the one that really resonated with me is don't try to fix me. Um, I'm, right. I'm broken. Um, one of the questions I asked you in our interview prep that I'm actually not going to ask you, I'm going to answer for you is how do your okay. loved ones walk with you through the journey? And, and you actually had come, you came up with an idea that I thought was a really good idea that I'm going to use all yeah. the way through season two. And you had some of your loved ones send me emails yeah. and, um, and suffice it to say that you are well loved. And <laughs> uh, the person closest to you said, please be careful with her story. But no one said anything that surprised me. They all, one person said, Lindsay's stronger than I am. Lindsay's actually walked me through my stuff. But the people that are, and, and, and that seemed to be a really close friend of yours. Um, mm -hmm. but, but the people closest to you said, yeah, you know what? She still lives very much with that night in 2001. And she, she has, John said she has nightmares. She has flooding. She has all the things that PTSD have. Yeah. And I know that when I asked you how the people that walk with you in your life are doing, um, you, you, you spoke very, very kindly of them and said that they're doing the best they can. And so I'm so grateful that you um, shared with them, for those of you who are listening for Lindsay's story, um, what, what she wants you to know, what her days look like um, and, and, and how loved ones can walk through the journey with you is here's some things that she just said to all of us. And this really is true about all PCSD patients. Um, and yeah. so, um, but I started this podcast because I needed help with my own PTSD. Um, as I wrote for the podcast, I, I leaned into Jesus and realized that he is the star of all of it. Because like mm -hmm. you, 
there's no way I'd be here without Jesus. Um, and I love the, the Jesus with Jesus on. Um, and, and so when you said to me, how did I make it through this? Let me tell you, Lindsay Tozer, how you made this through this. Jesus is the star of your story. And I want you to close us out by telling us about um, who Jesus is to you. And, um, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, Jesus, just he said, he's, he's not only the star of the story, but he's my rock. He's my friend, my brother, my confidant. He is my all in all. I want to thank you for your time. There's, you know, there's nothing more valuable than, than your time and telling your story and how I'm looking at somebody who, like me, is struggling, but because of the three C's and the star of our story or PTSD, sometimes we're survivors and sometimes we're thrivers. So thank you so much for coming on today, Lindsay. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you for doing this. Hey guys, thank you for your time. I know that there is nothing more valuable and I, and, and I really, really appreciate that you have chosen to spend a few minutes of yours with us. If you find help and hope here, please consider sharing this podcast. Uh, however you like to do that, we are on all social media platforms using the handle Amy Watson Author or just Google Wednesdays with Watson. Lots of community happens on a Facebook page called Wednesdays with Watson. I invite you to join that. Until two weeks from today, you know what I'm going to say. Let the healing continue. So let my life glorify you and teach me to walk beside.